Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror and media. And today we're going to be talking about Midsommar. Nice How's it going, John? Dream. My anxiety is through the fucking roof because of that <laughs> yeah. movie. Yes. My neck was hurting while I was in there. <laughs> but before we get to any of that, how you doing, Eddie? I'm good. I'm just trying to get over the whole movie entirely. <laughs> it, I learned yeah. don't ever go backpacking in Sweden now, apparently. Nope. And today, we have a special guest. We have Justine with us. Hi there, I'm Justine. And she's going to be joining us for this discussion of this film. So, we just went to go see that movie today. We went to go see Midsommar today. Yeah. It just, just released. Hours ago. Yeah, yeah. It just released, um, what was it, Thursday? This week? Wednesday. This week? Wednesday. It released Wednesday. <clears throat> so... Yeah, and so we decided that we were going to do, for the first time on this podcast, we yes. actually all went to go see a movie in a theater together. Made notes. And actually took notes during the movie. <laughs> we looked like a bunch of nerds walking out. <laughs> Everyone's like, who are these? Why? Pocket protectors. Yeah, I know, right? Nerds. So, um, <laughs> But uh, we're going to definitely discuss it. And it was uh, definitely a shocking, shocking and very intense film. It was really unsettling. Is, yeah. is like the main thing I felt from it, but we should start. We should take it like like a piece at a time. So yeah, let's let's go. Let's go to the very beginning. Where where does it start? Winter time. So it's like it opens up like a storybook. That's how I felt like the movie yeah, starts. The first thing you see is like a mural that mm-hmm. kind of gives you an idea of what the story is about, but it doesn't give you too much after that. If I had a uh, picture of it in front of me, I could probably, because I didn't get one afterwards, but I could probably pick it apart and then compare right. it to the movie and then see all of the their entire uh, ritual playing out and everything. I would guess they had, yeah, that whole story there. They also had a story later in the movie that had a lot of connections to the actual narrative that plays out. Mm-hmm. The one that's like supposed to be a love potion. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, um, a lot of the, uh, heavy focus on like runic magic and things like that yep. and like very um uh pagan and um i want to say like naturalistic in a way but naturalistic might also be like the incorrect term for what i'm refer- referring to um i feel like and then there's like there's because uh, paganism to my understanding has always been anything that's non-christian basically stuff that's like doesn't relate to the abrahamic religions in any way so non-Christian is really specific, but anything that doesn't relate to those in particular. So, so yeah, no, it follows. It definitely follows like some um, some pagan religions and whatnot, and some like ideas like that. Though I don't know if any of us, Justine probably does, yes, knows a bit more. Yeah, she knows a bit more about it than I than the rest of us do. So some of the references we probably missed and whatnot. I certainly wouldn't call myself an expert on paganism, but I have dabbled a little in spellcraft myself and studied paganism and Wiccanism, so I know a little bit, but I would not call myself an expert on the subject. Little disclaimer. Was there anything you guys noticed at the beginning that was, like, foreshadowing? Murals and pictures on the walls. Like, there's always these pictures of bears or, like, filleted flesh being spread out. Yeah, I noticed when uh, after uh, so so in the beginning, uh, her parents, her parents are pretty much killed, right? Like the yeah, sister kills yeah. them in ba- addition to like offing herself. Basically, what I got from the story is essentially they have the their daughter, uh, the sister of Danny, um, the main the main I guess the main character of the story. Yeah, I would say she's yeah, like she's the main pretty character. much the main character. Uh, her sister is bipolar. That's something that they talk about. Um, they basically uh, 
say that she's having an episode and that she's doing it for attention and whatnot, which is quite a disservice to do to the mentally challenged, actually. Um, but uh, aside from the, the, the social aspect of that, um, they basically ignore her, and then she goes and she connects tubes to the exhaust pipes on the cars, leaves them running while the parents are sleeping, tapes them to her mouth, and basically like suffocates herself and her two parents in the beginning of the movie. During winter, which sometimes is the symbology of death, so it was very interesting that they picked a snowy wintertime like backdrop for all of this to be happening during. Right. It's like, uh, so in relation to the movie, it's like the beginning of her story cycle mm-hmm. in relation to the seasons. And I believe it's also sort of in, like in relation to the solstice, which is what they're going to celebrate in the first place when they go to Sweden. I also noticed um, some medication that our character Danny is using is Ativan. I didn't know what it was. I was going to ask if somebody knew. Yeah. So I feel like some people might mistake it as like a painkiller, but Ativan is definitely like a, like anti-anxiety drug. It's definitely made for a pe- to calm people down is what the whole deal is. So she probably has like some anxiety present already before her sister's whole deal. <clears throat> Danny does. She's yes. The one Danny who's does. It? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's the one that's popping them. Gotcha. She does it like in the beginning where, where she calls her boyfriend. She calls Christian. Christian. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. so so starting the film, uh, he's a shit boyfriend. So like, <laughs> yep. he's already like a dick, and so I was like, how? You I was wondering tell. how it would connect to the story, and it makes sense once you get closer to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, they spent a good amount of time kind of expressing to you how the relationship was kind of deteriorating, and then that uh, kind of the motives for going. She she ends up being like an innocent person in the whole event, which will make sense later when we bring it up, but. People who are going all seem to have their specific motive. And then the Swedish guy, uh, it seems like it was almost his plan to, like, have her go. But I couldn't figure out how they could have, like, brought that. Not just her, all of them. Right. Like, he was definitely trying to get replacements for his community and get people from the outside involved. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we don't even... I wanted to discuss that. I'm going to write it on the, the description. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, I would just like to discuss spoilers for just one tiny moment. I think oh, that it's... Spoil the whole thing. Oh, yeah, no, we're totally going to spoil the entire movie for sure. Definitely. Um, and I don't think that if, if you... Yeah, so be warned that we everything is going to be spoiled from here on out, basically, because we're looking into it. Uh, and yeah, so see it before watching the podcast or listening to the <laughs> podcast. Nobody watches podcasts. So, so the Swedish guy, he makes, he makes a really good effort to make things sound like they're going to be all right, that it's just your typical like folk festival where they dress up and have some fun. And they're like, yeah, this sounds good. But right from the get-go, when they get there, uh, they take drugs or mushrooms. I don't yeah, really know. Yeah, they were eating mushrooms. Yeah, so like they, they just start you off with a trip, which was weird because I felt like from that point on, you couldn't trust what you were seeing. Like, it was all, like, a uncertain narrator. Yeah, exactly. Very, like, unreliable narrators, for sure. That's it. That's the term I was looking for. It was unreliable narration from what you were seeing visually. And then they mess with all the visuals later on in the film where you got start to see, like, what it looks like to be on mushrooms and on, like, LSD or something. And interpretation. very fluid. Everything just feels like a wave, pretty much. Mm-hmm. What did you guys... Do you guys think that they did it on purpose to kind of like alter the state of what you might be seeing? Like you accept it more? Yeah, altering altering the reality of 
another person is actually a fear I think some people have. A lot of people are uh, have very fearful of psychedelics a lot of the time because they are afraid of not being in control of their own. So I feel like that could have been an aspect of fear it was trying to explore, not being in control of your own self. Because Danny doesn't have a very good trip. No, she has multiple moments where, like, she sees different things. Like, when she goes into the outhouse and, like, the light flashes. And I believe she sees herself, like, taped up with, like, tape over her mouth. And then she, like, runs out, but she didn't actually go in there. She thinks people are laughing at her, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's all just weird stuff. And then she she just wakes up in the field, and they're like, you've been here for, like, six hours. Also, it's, like, someone's perspective of reality as well. Uh, it was it was like showing her fears, yeah. like what she was experiencing the most, her anxiety, and like even just like kind of meshing with the ground kind of freaks her out. Like her hand starts growing grass, yeah. and she, <laughs> she doesn't she know how to handle it. Starts becoming part of the earth, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like a, a there's a little bit of symbolism there that plays on in, in later in mm-hmm. the movie. Um, there was a really cool transition that I want to talk about in the very beginning yep. that I'm sure that you and I both want to talk about. And one of the coolest and probably the best transition in the movie is definitely um, the one where I think um, she's going to the bathroom, I believe. And she ends up in the bathroom. And then it like, as soon as she opens and closes the door, she's in a plane bathroom. So she's on the plane on her way to Sweden. That was such a clever transition to bring you to their trip. So instead of having to show an airport and show them getting packed and all of that, that's the transition you get. And that's all you need it. Yeah, it's basically like a. I want to say it's like a. It's like a triggered emotion she gets from the conversation with the Swedish guy whose name I cannot remember. I couldn't figure that moment out either, though. Yeah, he was being really like genuinely. Yeah, nice. but I mean, it, but the, just the fact that he brought, he brought it, up it up because it just happened in the winter, so we're near summer now. So it's like that was only like maybe like six months ago for her, something like that. Just so we can avoid start stop calling him Swedish guy. His name's Pella. Oh, Pella? name's Pella. Yeah, yeah Pella. All right, cool. All right, so Pella. So Pella uh, is definitely being really nice and trying to be understanding, but I think that it just triggers her into like into like that trauma again. So she's like reliving it, um, and then she goes and then she goes to the bathroom to like you know like deal with it, and then it shows when she's on the plane, it shows that she's still carrying that grief with her, even on the plane ride. I was curious about Pella uh, when he describes that he lost his parents too, but like had this family. It almost makes you wonder if he got brought there as a child and then his parents were a part of this ritual. <laughs> they burned alive in a fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like they were a part of the ritual and then he got left there as a kid and then just joined them. Yeah. Or maybe he was the one to choose one of his parents to go into mm-hmm. the house. So that yeah. was interesting that they, he brought it up. And it doesn't mean anything until after you've watched it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it actually. And then at the end, I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if they betrayed like the will of the of the group or if they willfully sacrificed themselves earlier and he just doesn't remember the rest of it. But don't they do this ritual every 90 years? Or is that just well, that him yeah. bluffing? Well, I mean, no, he could be, it could have happened like when they were like 60 years old or something like that. And then yeah. it could be like, you know, 20, he's only like maybe his mid twenties, maybe early thirties, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, I also suspected that some of the people there may be living an extra extended long life. Not every single person seems to be like going through all the ritual, but that was just like a suspicion from me. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I thought that was because of their talking about like their cycle of rebirth and things like that. So they may have just like found a way to keep themselves young that way. Mm-hmm. So, but I could be wrong. It could be like a fake theory. Yeah, I feel like that it plays more in with the cyclical nature of the whole of the whole thing. Like it definitely is. Like even their their own like like pagan rituals that they that they do and everything and their their feasts and whatnot um all of them seem to 
center around like two individuals who sort of lead them and like guide them in some way. And so they like go through this cycle of repicking the new one every so every so many years. So it's the, what is it? The flower girl? I think is what they called her. Was it flower? The May queen. The May queen. Thank you. Yes. There mm. it was the May queen. So if you want to be Miss America or prom queen, you better be the May queen. Yep. That's the best queen to be. Clearly. I like that. Their, uh, their process for choosing the May queen was really just like a test of stamina. Yeah. <laughs> to see how long you could dance yeah, for. Yeah, who could dance who could dance all fucked up the longest. <laughs> I loved all of the girls just like blah, like bumping into each other and just falling out of the whole thing. But Danny also got but, lucky too. Like I think they purposefully like set it up so she would like win that dance in a way. I felt like she actually won that, like honestly. Yeah, like mm-hmm. legitimately. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel yeah. like it was it was a real thing and it just sort of fell into like yeah. that way. She wasn't showing like really any signs of fatigue either. Like she was like all into it, didn't really yeah. care. Mm-hmm. She, I think more than it being like a physical stamina thing, it was also about mental stamina stamina, considering everybody had taken a psychedelic beforehand and everyone whatever they're feeling is a lot more enhanced. But I think there was a moment in when they were dancing, it was down to like the final few people. And there's a moment where her vision becomes blurred. And then the, you see, like, the image of herself, and then everything kind of blurs away. I feel like that was sort of her mind, like, assimilating almost to, like, the group mentality, which mm-hmm. is, I think, what they were going for. That's a really good interpretation of that. Because I'd always – it's really hard for me to interpret stuff like that on film, like, with, like, with layering of pictures over things. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a really good interpretation for this film, definitely. That is really good and holds a lot of weight because they eventually, at some point, she can understand Swedish and start speaking with the girl. Yes, that is the thing. When she gets there, she throws some Swedish down a little bit. So she is obviously becoming part of the community. She's mm-hmm. becoming one with them. And I think it kind of had to be her because she was pretty much detached from her old life. You know, her parents and her sister had died. She had a withering relationship with her boyfriend. And I feel like that's kind of what, uh, what was his name? Pell? What he saw in her, why he kind of chose her essentially mm-hmm. thinking that she'll make a good fit she can be easily indoctrinated into our into our group essentially mm-hmm. um they do a lot of it it's a lot of smiles and a lot of smiling people that make you very unsettled <laughs> in this in this movie right and so okay so they get there they get sort of settled in they mm-hmm. get like this intro where they talk with a few people yeah. get shown their quarters but then immediately goes mm-hmm. into the the ritual with the oldest people mm-hmm who yep. are uh, well? Essentially, they uh, just kill themselves. They commit suicide yeah. by jumping off of a cliff. Of a stone and cliff. Yeah. What did you guys think about it being like a public spectacle? Like they all went to go witness this. I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with it. I work with old people, so when you see um, the hardships that elders go through sometimes in the latter years of their life, uh, it's a lot of suffering and it's really hard for them and everyone else around them. So it makes a lot of sense why they would conduct a ritual like this and have it's a really like old school way of looking at things right it's like it's like like pre-civilization almost (laughs) like you know the tribe must survive sort of ideas you know and i mean we must like cut the weak parts off and so i think that's kind of that's kind of where they're coming from coming from very traditional yeah also it's like everyone has a different reaction towards them falling to their deaths like the british couple are just like shocked and mortified pretty much and Christian is like vomiting and Danny is just like not phased by it pretty much. She just like she's more of in awe of it, I would say. I thought she got scared. Didn't she like grab Christian? Yeah, and, like... she definitely was not interested in that. I feel like she was like she got a little freaked out by it. She started having visions of her yeah. own two parents and then 
like seeing herself on that rock with the two it of them. It was her sister, actually. It was her excuse me, her sister. Yeah. Her sister and the two and the and the uh, her parents were at the bottom of the rock. What do you think about the runes at the top that they like cut their hands and put blood on? Um, those are those are Ruthark runes that they mention in the film, and Ruthark runes are like really old. Like I want to say, like like they're Nordic in in um in origin. Of course, uh, I couldn't tell you the exact history, but they're like the Nordic alphabet, basically. So all of those all of those letters have different symbolism to them, and whatnot. And I've done a little bit of reading onto like onto like um like totemic, like onto like totemic like pagan beliefs and whatnot, and what animals represent. But I haven't done too much on the runes and whatnot, which made some of the animal choices in this movie very interesting to me, a little bit. Like they had a bear and a cow. Yeah, the bear. The bear is an interesting one, but I'll get to that later. Um, one thing I did want to I did want to talk about is like neither of the two people that jump off they have very different deaths. Yes, they do. Really, really do. They had different reactions to everything. Like the the woman did not seem like she wanted to go through with everything. Um, the I would uh, basically the the elder the elder woman uh, like went through the went through the process and she had a very quick like done sort of sort of death there was no real like struggle for her she lands like right like like skull to stone and just smashes her face in and then dies whereas he on the other hand heard the other the other elder man that jumps off also like he does he goes down feet first and then like breaks his legs at the bottom and then he's like sitting there suffering and whatnot and when the when when the elderly woman dies and it's like a quick death like all of them like the whole crowd like has like a sense of relief over them almost they're just like oh good yay they're kind of cheering like yay she's passed on it's great and then when he falls down and he's sitting there in pain because both his legs he's still alive and whatnot they all start screaming in agony almost as if they're trying to share that agony with another member of their tribe there and it's very a very very interesting um, very interesting viewpoint that I never like thought of in like a community setting before. And it makes it, it's very like scary also because you're just like wow these people are all like so like you almost feel like you're detached from this. Yeah, I felt through the whole story you were kind of just detached from a lot of it. Um, there's some moments with the camera work where it kind of brings you into what you're doing by doing the slow zoom, but other than that, you kind of felt like you were watching the entire thing, mm -hmm. and it gave me the sense that you were watching like a play, and some things like very theatrical for other mm -hmm. elements, and yeah, especially very with that intro. Structure. Yes, it did. It had like that. You could tell when like one of the acts ended and when you can move on to the new one and when the like the new piece started. I think the first act kind of ended with their deaths, with the with the deaths of the two elders. And that's when it kind of brings in like, well, what's really happening in this village where they're living at? I think the third act also starts when they do the dance and the or the last feast in the movie, because that takes a while. Oh yeah. Oh, so after she wins. Yeah, yeah, I think that's when that's the third true. act sort of brings the conclusion to the whole movie. So these two elders like basically sacrifice themselves to save themselves of the suffering of getting old. Yeah. Well, not only save themselves, but also essentially benefit the rest of the tribe. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because then they don't have to witness the suffering anymore or have to care for them. Right. Yeah, it's less. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's a very logical, it's a very logical way of doing things. Super controversial though, as it's, as is displayed by all the characters' reactions. After that, however, we have, uh, the two, uh, the Br British couple, uh, they decide to hightail it and leave. They just say, we're Which getting out of here. they never made it. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, they both, like, one, like, for, the guy disappears first, yeah. and then uh, his girlfriend is looking around for him. Fiance. 
her name's fiance no her, fi- her uh, fiance you said fiance yeah, i thought i heard fiance i was like that's the that's a that's a crazy name for a person anyway like like almost like so, we, yes this is the mysticles this is <laughs> mysticles <laughs> or britta, britta. Uh, yeah no exactly uh and then yeah and then she's like he disappears girlfriend is wondering where he's going where he has gone and then they you know of course lie to her and say, oh, yeah, he just got the, another bus. They did a really good job of separating all of the people that got there one way or another to kind of, like, really go into their selfish motives for why they were there. And it's really important, too, that uh, it's noted that Danny arrives there with no motive. She goes there. She isn't looking to, like, gain anything out of it. She's kind of just, like, wrangled into it and just was trying to find a way to sort of feel better about her grief. And so, in a way, she's kind of, like, the perfect fit for, like, fitting into everyone else and kind of assimilating the way she does. And so, that's interesting. Everyone else who had a selfish motive is get, is punished in some way or another. Yep. Very, Doesn't very true. Also, like, religion in real life, like, prey on people's grief in a way. Mm. Well, I mean, they did share all of their emotions. That was, like, one of the main things that I noticed was... Any emotion one of the people was feeling, usually everyone else was. They're all like yeah. cheering or just yeah. like. Yeah. Or grieving. Or, yeah. Even like at the end when everyone is burning, they're like acting like they're getting burned as well. Yeah. Exa- oh, that's so it, true. That was sort of like interesting to watch because they're both like cheering, but they're also like in pain and agony from this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. That dichotomy is just weird. <laughs> like this, the two, those, those two, those two sides. Oh, my gosh. So much to unpack with this film. I say it's a better Wicker Man movie. <laughs> you don't want to watch. <laughs> you don't want to watch um, Nicolas Cage get burned in a cage with all the bees. <laughs> How to get burned? How to get burned? Uh, How to get burned? Um, so um, the other thing, there's a lot of foreshadowing that goes on in this movie. A whole bunch of it. So I, I liked the um, the Skin the Fool thing they did right in the very beginning. They're just like, what song are they playing? Oh, Skin the Fool. And I think we already knew who the fool in their group was. Well, he immediately jumps up and is like, can I join? Yeah. And, there, and he was like, that's when he was like, well, you're an American, so just force your way in there. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Um, he he also is just – he's the only guy vaping at the uh, at the pagan party. Yeah. I wonder what, that said, what this movie says about vapors, what they think about them. <laughs> well, it definitely said something about Americans. Yeah, definitely. Just being, like, rude. <laughs> to like other cultures he, essentially like, literally pisses on the ancestral oh, tree, ancestral tree later yep, and doesn't know like, it. where they put all the ashes for the burned bodies like that's it's crazy. like so what yeah and then oh my gosh and he's like so what are you hearing what he's saying <laughs> it's also like language barriers as well like these you know social... what that made me think of something uh there was plenty of moments where we did not have translation but then very specific moments where we had translation and we knew what they were saying. Like yeah. the intros to like certain ceremonial events, mm-hmm. we got like an explanation. And they were almost always like very ominous. Like the, even the dance was like we're dancing in like like gleeful life against like the dark one basically. Mm-hmm. And like it's like uh, the dance itself was uh, sort of making fun of whatever it is like death. Essentially, yeah. like, oh, look, we're alive, we're dancing. Yeah, whatever the evil thing is that they're talking about. Um, and that was, I mean, that was interesting. A bunch of the other things, like, there was some other foreshadowing, too. There was more, like, there's cloths that have the whole story. So there's the whole, um, like, uh, w- women coming of age um, a tapestry that you that that goes by that they pan over with the camera. And the, in the beginning, like, the first kind of, like, mural. Yeah, the one that's, like, where it's just, like, yeah. It was actually a description of a love spell. 
Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, yes, that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah, so the interesting thing that I noticed is that we all noticed the pubes in the bread, but did anybody notice the blood in the cup? <laughs> Menstrual I blood? That was like the first I, I know, that was the first thing I, I, I picked up on. I was like, that is a significantly... This cup was the only one that was a different color on the entire yep, table. Yep, so she's been... that. There was a whole love spell going on with this. With this, with I mean, you could argue that it actually worked. Yeah, it did technically. Yeah, technically. Yeah, he eventually <laughs> gives in and has sex with her, and like, it just completely breaks from the relationship with Danny. Yeah, but definitely. like the foreshadowing at the very beginning when Danny is asleep and before they go to the party, before she figures out they're all going to Sweden. There's a painting above her of a bear leaning down to her, and it's a little girl with a crown on. So that already was foreshadowing the ending of it. Mm-hmm. And so the, they definitely had that typology. And then in the living room, there was a picture of like almost a flayed man kind of like running oh, away. Oh, yeah. There's a flayed man in the chicken barn. Yep. That's the thing. Um, yeah. He was. Yep. There's. Yep. Yep. There's your flayed man. <coughs> so they do all of these rituals as like a sacrifice of those who have wronged them, I would imagine, to appease like to appease the greater good powers, I would imagine. Well, they, I believe they worship a sun god. That's what it seems like, or yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, they just worship the earth, pretty much. Just even through the seasons, they it's like all about life and cycle and birth and death. Um, a few other conflicts more arise in this film too, more so than with uh, than with themselves and with the characters that show up that are outsiders and the cult itself. Uh, there is some conflict inside the group over the cult as well that I think is a really good a really good thing to explore because it causes some characters to get themselves killed essentially and it's kind of yeah. right the two guys who are essentially wanting to write their thesis on the people there as well as as the midsummer festivities in other countries especially european ones and so I definitely think one guy I can't remember his name the one who goes into like the templeish area yeah. where they have all the written Josh. stuff Josh, Josh, there you go. It's Josh. Josh goes in there when he wasn't supposed to to take photos and then um, gets killed by... Club. He gets who, hit with a hammer. Who does he get killed by, though? It was one of the men It was one of the men that was sacrificed towards the end, though. The two living sacrifices. Someone was wearing Mark's face, the fool. Uh, that was actually Mark himself. Oh, okay. They just mm-hmm. put the skin back on him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he was wearing... Yeah, it was a guy wearing the face. But there was another person who struck him in the back. Um I can't remember the name. I don't know if it was mentioned, but he was one of the tribes people. Yeah. Who in turn sacrificed himself by sacrificing someone else. Yep. So yeah, by killing, they would also be killed was the idea is that they were, they basically, if any of the tribes people killed someone, then they are also guilty of badness. So they must sacrifice themselves because a life for a life. I was really curious about the book that he was trying to get photos of. So like the way they described it was, that the cult purposely makes children of incest who they believe are unclouded in their visions and like the way they interpret the world around them. And so they allow them to kind of create these songs in this book, which they then sort of interpret and then share with the rest of the cult. But it's specifically inbred children who are supposedly to them like they're oracles. Mm -hmm. But then you look on the walls and there are hundreds of thousands of these books, like all shelved on the wall. Mm -hmm. So it's like this is a crazy long tradition that they've been doing. Yeah, it's uh, and I think it's like records of the tribe's experiences is what they are for the most for basically. And it's just like, oh, the times that everyone experienced grief this day, we all experienced great happiness on Tuesday. But Wednesday, a cow died, and we all cried. <laughs> it was also made in a spiral form. 
Oh shit! The, the letters were going out from the center, and then they do the spiral again when they're dancing, and then there's uh, another one when they are looking at, like in some of the camera work, when they're kind of like uh, when they're going there, it's flipped upside down, so you have mm-hmm. the sky on the bottom and the the I road love that and shot. above. That was such a good shot. Yeah, it was. Sick. Yeah. I, I gotta commemorate this movie for its cinematography and editing as most and also the uh, diegetic s- music in the movie where the women are chanting and that's sort of like the soundtrack to the movie pretty much uh, as far as I know there wasn't like any soundtrack music it was just everything like was there yeah. yeah there was no score to it it was just the the chanting that you got from all the people there and that was it but it was constant like you almost had that chant going a good amount and then it would quiet for a few moments. Yeah. It was definitely immersive in that way too. Uh, because you always have like the, the sound of them just there in front of you. And then, uh, the tension always builds right when the music stops every time it just gets way more, way scarier and just kind of uneasy every time. Cause you, something's going to happen. What's the, what's the next main event that happens that's significant to the story? Uh, from which point? Um, after after the after the couple disappears, or after ah, her boyfriend leaves, true. supposedly leaves, and then she goes and finds him. So let's see. After her boyfriend leaves, I believe who's I, the, the conflict between between Christian and Josh starts. Yeah, he tells him. Christian tells him that he's basically gonna like copy his whole idea yep. and do his thesis on just that specific tribe that they went to. When Josh has been working on it for who knows how long and is like, you can't just do that. But then when they take it to their friend, um, this, I'm sorry, what is his Pella? name? Pella. He's like, well, I'll go ask the elders. And then he finds out that the elders agree as long as they both like share credit. And so they then like sort of have to work together. But that leads Josh to kind of want to get a leg up on him which puts him in the temple like without anyone's permission and that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much how he gets killed. Yep. I also love the awkward situations in these movie in this movie where it's just like you can't copy my homework cuz that's just a major faux pas and then it's like, "Oh no, it's all good. You you can definitely read our scripture just don't take any of it home with you." And then it's just like it's like the the language barrier and this the how the group falls apart within itself like both inside and out is what I liked about this movie with these characters. Yeah. Uh, all the time that they spend building up the backstories for everybody and how they're interacting with each other sets it up so that you kind of like, you do care about all of them in a way, at least to, to a point anyway, you're kind of like, okay. Do you think in some way that they ended up saving Danny from a lot of stuff that may have happened if she had stayed in a relationship with Christian? Yes and no. In my opinion. Because this community or tribe is also capable of murder, which is that's what it's flat out doing. Yeah. um, I mean, I got to say, though, they did lay down some rules. They did. Yeah, it wasn't it, like it, they it were was killing a society randomly. where they have yep. their own laws for sure. Like it, it's a small like their own utopia. But within a utopia. It will eventually fall, kind of like in um, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, where you have this perfect world, but in- inside that perfect world, there is a disorder to it. Like there's a, um, a red herring. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it feels like a lot of self-sacrifice to me for people that are just in the tribe itself or in the community themselves. So, 
it's sort of like I feel like they'd give her the option if she wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She has her freedom of choice within that community. They're not just going to up and kill her for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not, and they don't seem to do that with anybody really in the tribe. They always like they are volunteers. They don't even like force them to like take a drink or smell or taste. Nope. And like food. Nope. Pretty much, it's all under their own volition. Well, even when Danny wants to go find out what's going on in the, I don't know, the cabin or wherever he goes, and he's having sex with that girl, she they don't stop her. She Mm -hmm. like I recommend that you don't do that. But she still goes anyway. Yeah, they'll still let her do and it. And then they like help her grieve afterwards Defunct. too. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the craziest moment. That entire thing was just another callback to like the the communal aspect that they feel. So like because she's because this girl is getting is getting laid. Like the entire tribe of women <laughs> is like around her, going like, "Yeah, we feel your stuff." Woo! Yeah, it's like it's like so awesome. And then you know, Grandma even gets in there and starts pushing a butt. <laughs> and so it's like, come on, get into the truck. <laughs> well, it's it's a community that shares a lot with itself. They yeah, they do not like withhold anything. Yeah, That's why they don't have their own private rooms or anything like except for the he, oh, the woman cool. who runs the community has her own house, but everyone else is just like has a bed, but they all share the same like space. That's what sort of made me think that she might be one of those people that's just been there forever because mm-hmm. she has her own place. And then, like, you go in and there's all sorts of runes on her walls, which is like the bear. Have, yeah. Oh, which yeah. Foreshadowing exactly. what's going to happen to Christian at the end mm-hmm. of the movie. From my understanding, I believe that woman was the high priestess of the tribe, which is why she had special uh, abilities and accommodations, basically. Yeah, no, you are definitely right there. I, I love that the director said this was like Wizard of Oz for perverts. Well, when they're first getting there and they're walking up to like where they live, there's golden flowers that lead their way all the way in. Yellow Brick Road. I just Essentially miss, I the just Yellow Brick Road. I just missed that so hard. Wow. That's that super so hilariously now. awesome. Um, and then and when the villagers when, are like the munchkins or the... Um, yeah, they're super excited, very happy to see them. And then the when Christian goes to have sex with the, with the girl... Um, a flower girl comes out and lays petals down that leads to the, the building that he walks into. So a lot of symbology with the flowers and then them walking over it and things like that. Well, we, we always have like flower girls leading to like a bride and groom. Mm-hmm. And like even I think royalty does that as well. I think after this, watching this movie, I think I really want to watch Hereditary next because I've never seen Hereditary, and this was this was supposed to be the director's first horror movie, not Hereditary. Uh, something random. What was up with the crying baby, and then someone putting scissors under the pillow? I'm still trying to rack my brain around that shot right there. There was constantly a crying baby in the communal area that they were sleeping in, but then there's a short scene where the baby is crying, and then they someone really puts scissors underneath the pillow where the baby is sleeping, and I don't know if that means I, something. I thought it was like a block or something. Were, were it scissors? Maybe I just didn't see it correctly. It might have also been a rune, because I couldn't really yeah. see exactly what yeah, it was, but I, I did notice they had a thing of putting runes underneath yeah, so I'm wondering sleeping if, areas. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you. I, I feel like it was probably like a calming room or rune or something like that. Something to be like, you know what I mean? Because they're just, they're very like, like that. 
<laughs> like like casting spells and whatnot, but maybe but maybe still crying. I, maybe a second viewing is what I need to see if there if there are scissors or not because there's a lot in this movie, a lot of stuff that you can unpack in it for sure. Um, uh, following following the uh, the death of Josh because of the the conflict with Christian and Josh. I love that the guy I'm sitting next to in the movie theaters when um the fool is going off to get lucky with that chick and he just says I know he's not coming back and <laughs> then he says at least it's not that black guy right there and I'm just like <laughs> then 10 minutes afterwards it's like you were saying <laughs> you're saying he's just like oh well he's not coming back that's how it goes I love that a brother didn't die so immediately at first <laughs> um the next thing that happens is the competition, right? The dancing competition. I believe so. Yeah, that's the next part of the film. Yeah, and so she kind of gets uh, brought into it um, because they separate her and Christian, and they're just like, "You're gonna go do separate things," and mm-hmm. that's how Christian goes and talks with the lady, and then ends up going to the feast after she's won, or to the dance after he's talked to her. Um, but then seems so disconnected from everybody else. He's not watching her. Barely realizes that she won. And then when she gets kind of like brought in for a picture and then kind of wrangled in another direction, she sees her mom Yeah, her in the, mom cr- in the crowd. Her. She like walks right in front of her. And I didn't know what to make of that. Yeah, neither did I. It's just sort of like maybe maybe more of that unrealistic um, narration as well. Well, Danny loses her family, but she kind of regains a new family without her like probably re- realizing it. You know oh, I mean? yep, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, maybe maybe it's like a symbology of her mom leaving, and that the old family is now gone, and this is her new one. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good take on that, Eddie. I like yeah, because she she's just like she's like slowly divorcing from her old life into a whole new one that um, Pella has bringing her into. That's a lot of the horror movies we've been talking about lately and stuff have been about like people changing themselves and the outcome of the horror movie and like the dreadful awfulness is usually like has some outcome of change for the person that survives it. A lot of horror has to deal with uh, the person versus their environment or essentially like fighting something. Mm-hmm. Most of horror is around like you dealing with something and in most cases your emotions manifest as actual creatures. Well, also, I feel like horror deals with life and death. Like, Frankenstein is a classic. Yes, go ahead. Okay, like, Frankenstein or any, like, zombie movie will deal with the whole cycle of life and death. And then with Midsummer, it's a little bit different where it's just, like, you go through the cycle of seasons. You go through the, the cycle of human life, the cycle of, like, animals. And just, it has a perfect, like, symbology of just, like, compacting into this movie which i feel like you gotta watch a couple more times this is a movie you need to like really be in a mood for to watch because it's not like an easy sit down movie so i just want to kind of allude back to when you were talking about the the dancing ritual basically when they're around the the maypole um and you also had talked about a spiral showing up constantly in the movie there's actually a lot of symbolism that was related to pagan religions and one of those is Spirals and circles are symbols basically of life and death. It's it's the cycle of life essentially and then also uh, things happening in threes. So um, the whole cycle of life and this this and that uh, basically like three is really symbolic um, when they're dancing around the pole They were in three rings two rings going one direction one ring go- going the other direction and for anyone familiar with uh, 
ritualistic dance is that when you have a ring that's going to the right, it's symbolizing life, essentially. But when it's going to the left, it's symbolizing death. So that is sh that comes up a lot throughout the movie is uh, the cycle of life, even with the first ritual, which was the two elderly people sacrificing themselves. If you remember the table that they were sitting at for the feast, how it kind of, it was a diamond and then it was a second diamond, but was open-ended on the end. It was sort of uh, essentially showing the points in life. Mm -hmm. Each mm. triangle is of three points and the three points can represent a lot of things. Essentially what the triad represents is the divine feminine, which is the emotional aspect of life, the divine masculine, which is the logical aspect of life, and then divine child, which is assimilation of both. And so that's kind of something that shows up throughout, like even with the baby crying, I believe that was sort of to allude to the child aspect of their life cycle. That, yeah. Fuck. That's some, <laughs> that's that's some, some good, good. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's uh, some good interpretation. Very, very, very good analysis yeah. there. Um, definitely, definitely need that. Definitely need some educated, some educated voices on this. Was, at least, at least educated to a point. Self-educated. <laughs> well, I mean, they they make a reference to them uh, having that duality of genders of man and woman with their clothes. He mentions that the clothes they wear is like unisex, basically, mm -hmm. and that they're wearing it to bring in the sort of like he. I think he says hermaphrodite in his explanation, but it's really just like the duality of both those genders that yeah. they're sort of respecting in this festival, mm -hmm. and how the, uh, each one is just as important. Even the high uh, priestess has to agree to who gets to couple together, as well. Who gets to go with who, and like for making further breeding. It's not purely paternal. It's like decided yeah. by the wise woman and by the two parents of the child. Oh, yeah. In, in a weird way, it's Arranged matriarchal marriage. because mm -hmm. she is the one who's currently in charge. And uh, it didn't strike me that anyone else was really in charge besides her. Mm -hmm. She was kind of like running a few things and sort of would probably pass it to someone else once they got to like a certain age or they got it a certain role. He even there's one guy who mentions that they all get their jobs based on traits that they show as children. And so there's definitely people who have just been raised up in this. They haven't experienced anything else. So to them, it's very normal mm -hmm. to be seeing all these events kind of unfold. And then all of the outsiders are the ones who freak out. Yep. And so they did a good job of making you freak out about something you've never seen before. And so as an audience member or watching it, you're like getting freaked out with them. I mean, the people in the theater were, were getting, were bringing pretty like, like the whole, the whole jumping off the, the cliff thing. People in the theater were getting yeah. freaked out by that. Like they were just like whoa, 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 and then I Even heard one I know go, what nice. was gonna go happen too, but I didn't really like the theater that we were in when we saw this movie. I think there was too many like uncomfortable laughter, or just like people thought things were maybe unintentionally funny for some reason. I just I couldn't really get engrossed into the movie that way, where people were laughing that way. Like this is a comedic movie because I thought this was like very on your edge seat kind of like suspense thriller type movie not like a straight up horror movie entirely what do you guys make of their very final event where they choose nine people to put into that hut to burn and that's like their sacrifices i feel like that's also the symbology of the ending of christensen's and danny's relationship all up in smoke and flames Pretty much just like how sometimes relationships end, they end pretty disastrous. Uh, everybody who was put in that house is there because they have wronged the community in some in some way. They've introduced something that the community does not agree with, whether it is jealousy or whether it is just being uh, like disrespectful. 
or whether it's being, you know, they were very, they were very much like that. They were like, we don't really want values that do not correspond that like disturb the balance here of what we've given. So the fool's sitting there smoking his Yule all day long, you know, pissing on trees and trying to fuck all the, whatever he can fuck. And um, they're just like, no, <laughs> not, it's not what we're about here and whatnot. And so, you know, you've got that aspect and then you've got the, you know, going into the, going into the house that you were told not to go to and, you know, like taking our history and going to spread it to the world, you know, endangering. And I, the idea is you're endangering our community by doing that. I would imagine is their, their motives behind that. What about the couple from London? The British couple. See, that's one I couldn't, of the. I couldn't figure out anything I, I wrong. They figure had done. out what they did wrong, except for the only thing is like maybe freak out and want to leave and go like you know tell the world about what they saw or something like that. Maybe they maybe the uh, cult felt that if they were allowed to leave, they would spill the beans, and then their way of life would be disturbed. Maybe that could that the only real like that's like a, the stretching motive I'm going with to logicalize everything. I did also remember the short little bit when they're um, introducing to each other and they're like, Oh, how long have you guys been together? And one of the members <laughs> of the cult is like, actually we were dating before. And she's like, we went on like one date. And, and so he could have just been date. like, he could have just been wanting to get revenge mm. and like for the guy. Well, he's her. the one that sacrificed himself too. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Pella. It was a different yeah, guy. So I think it, he brought them, he brought them and was like, Oh, uh, I'm going to bring these two because they wronged me because one, she, she didn't want to date me. And then, the guy started dating her afterwards and then they were like friends. So I figured yeah. that was probably the reason I could, I could see that. I could totally see that. Which would also make sense why he sacrificed himself in turn because of his jealousy. It was basically like a wrong. Uh, so it ties back into the, you have brought the wrongness into our cult. Now you will suffer for it. Dig it. Honestly, I'm liking this movie the more that I'm analyzing it now. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of good, like, there's a lot of good intentional stuff that, like, well connects and, like, is really interwoven into the story. It's multi-layered. Yeah. Well, even the building that they're getting burned in, it's a triangle. Three points. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the threes, Justine, the threes. Yeah. Notice nine days, nine sacrifices, three times three. Hmm. Coincidence? Oh, I think not. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> nine days, nine sacrifices. And they're not burning nine. in a wicker man, but it, it could be as well. Yeah. She sees she sees her sister and the dad and the mom three. Yeah. Again. The mother, the father, the child. Oh fuck. <laughs> fuck. Alright, this movie just became extra good. So it's extra good. I like Damn. It. Do you think that Danny is happily assimilated into the group by the end? Dude, that smile on her face, that was no, like, the graduate smile. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about at the end of The Graduate? We all, we all know what I'm talking about. Okay, that was no the graduate smile. She is in bliss right when now. When Dustin Hoffman is, like, yeah. with his, like, girlfriend and they're uh, Wife off. now. It's the wife at the end of the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they have the fading smiles at the end, so you're like... Yeah. Yeah. Is this the so, future that we want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, to not not tangent too much, but yeah, no, exactly. So, like, you can tell that she's she's pretty blissful about it. Like, she's pretty much like, I have found a place of belonging now after losing I, I everything. I think she also feels, like, release. Like, she's free from the trappings of her relationship and boyfriend that she's probably felt binded she to. She kind of got a pass, though. So, like, the way that she chose Christian to be the last sacrifice was in a way, like harm free like she wasn't gonna get uh punished for that because it's her choice and so yeah and she's the may queen so she has special privileges she earned that mm-hmm. i love that she just like looks at christensen at the end of the movie and it's like i know what you did and he's like yeah i know what you, I, 
It was uh, terribly hysterical to me that he could not move or answer or say anything in that instance. Yep. And then just gets put inside a bear skin and get burned alive. <laughs> they just don't even let He's him just, talk. He's like, just shocked. He's just yep. like paralyzed pretty much. Oh, nuts. One, I think uh, he was paralyzed because they had given him something. Yeah. Had, uh, Blew something like in his face. Or some sort of like powder into his face. And I think that paralyzed him in turn, which is kind of uh, merciful, I guess you could say. He didn't really ask for it. He was kind of like dragged into all of this. I I wonder what the what the bear symbolizes. He the, was a beast. Um, oh fuck! There you go. That's it. Yeah. The beast. Yeah, okay. he was a very carnal See, beast who gave into yeah, his. He's an wants. outsider man who's like tearing apart the the commune, the village, the relationships, his own relationship. That's what like bears are like a nuisance, so they have to be like burned. Interesting. Yeah. One more thing. What did you guys think about uh, Danny basically being covered in flowers? <laughs> it was almost. She looked like a giant slug. That was a look. Like it was. It was great. Like I, I loved her just kind of sitting there, like you know, just covered in flowers, just kind of chilling there like that in a pile of them. She's but, just decorated in flowers. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought this though. But when she's walk, like running, when she's like th- walking by the house and throwing up. <laughs> In front of the burning building behind her, um, it looked like I, she was she dancing. Looked like, it. it looked like she was a big slug to me, kind of. <laughs> didn't that? Didn't, is that just me? Because she had like there was even like the antennas coming off the top of it. Like it, there was a, a way that she was kind of walking. Yeah, and, was, I, and like, like the dress was her. bending in a certain way, and I was just like, this is very slug-like looking. I don't know why it just doesn't. You could put a shell, and it would just be a snail, and you have a spiral, and then we could connect it back to the paganism thing again. <laughs> but then, no, they didn't do it. <laughs> almost, almost. What weirded me out about some of the flowers on her dress was that they would like open and close, like, like black to, eyes. Yeah, to like breathing and stuff. Like even like in the beginning of the movie, you can see her sister has a black eye from the smog that she ingested when she died. Oh yeah, and I did so notice that. So you see that. black eyes, like on the flowers, like even on the villagers as well. Could this be the evil eye? Maybe. Um, she also, there's that scene where she like opens, she's having like a dream sequence. She opens up her mouth and all the black smoke comes out of it. And I was just like, oh yeah, that's the exhaust coming out of her mouth. Gotcha. I didn't even think about that. Like maybe a part of her died. Like maybe part of her died there as well. Maybe that's like a realization during that dream. Supposing so much to unpack in this movie. So much. She's like really depressed after her family's dead and it's like months after and she like barely feels like. She is enjoying herself even at a party and stuff. She's just very, like, mean mugging and just, like, I don't want to be here. But then it was just, like, can, can you bring me along anyways? I don't know. It's, I, I love the transition of Danny's character where she is, like, concerned sister. And then she kind of is, like, a crutch to her boyfriend that... His friends even tell her get rid of her, in a way. But I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm just saying. Yeah, they kind of had. Well, to start with, they kind of had a shitty way of dealing with somebody who had, uh, basically like post traumatic stress from something that had happened and dealing with anxiety and depression. And they just did not give a fuck. They were like, "Oh, well, like why don't you dump her?" And then I guess after her family dies, he feels like maybe he just can't break up with her. 
and like to make things worse so he just kind of hangs around even though the relationship wasn't doing too well that just made me think of something is sort of the whole idea of collectivist mindset versus individualistic mindset i think the reason why they were sacrificed is because they couldn't detach from their individualistic mindset because if say she had gone to a tribes person and told them about what was happening i think as you could see in the movie they would all share her grief whereas these people did not share any sort of empathy with her mm. plus they were all male too yeah the guys yeah i mean and it's sort of like i feel like i feel like christian as like as like a boyfriend wasn't like the worst person in the room usually because he's usually trying to sympathize with her even though they're telling him to dump her i think his problem though is that he just didn't he didn't stand for anything yeah he was always sort of asking other people permission mm. or feeding off of other people he wasn't taking um action into his own like he wanted to copy his best friend's homework pretty yep, much exactly there you go yeah so he's not he's not being his own person really yeah. at all and so that's kind of like an issue and that's so that's why he's a beast he devours yep. things yep pretty much oh man yeah so much well, i gotta watch hereditary was there anything about the film that you did not like mm. kind of like the pacing this is a movie that really kind of just stretches like sometimes i feel like maybe horror movies work best under two hours but this is a movie that you really need to like take time to like really get invested into like take an afternoon to watch but like really be in the mood to watch it but i can't i think that the pacing is probably my only my only thing but then again it sometimes it was very appropriate for it to be a little slower and stretched out it was kind of its thing it was definitely not like a quick one and done sort of horror movie you know you have to like take some time with it and observe what's going on and it was a lot to meat of meat to chew through like i've said now um and i guess that's i guess i guess kind of like i guess the pacing is probably my only part because i really wish it was maybe a little bit shorter like they got into some points a little bit quicker but at the same time it wouldn't be as meaty and as in-depth as it is if it if they didn't give themselves that time and whatnot. So I'm a little conflicted. I'm a little conflicted on how I feel about the pacing, but I, I agree with Eddie to a point. I felt like it started off really strongly with its camera work and with the, with the transitions and then got progressively more boring as the film went <laughs> on where they were just doing, using very, very basic shots for most of the rest of the film. Also, the director the director chose some specific movies like Black Narcissus and uh, Roman Polanski's Hamlet because he looked at like movies from like the '60s and '70s as reference, and you can definitely see that style of how films were shot and edited back then, and how they were paced and lighted too. Like there's so a, that was he was trying to like emulate that basically. Yeah, like even how the sun like hits the camera at times. I was just thinking too, when they get there. So that shot where it starts from behind the car, goes above it, and then drops down in front of it, but flips the entire thing that you're looking upside down. That is sort of like the last of the really creative shots, and then it stays like that to kind of suggest that they are about to like enter into a world they're completely unfamiliar with. And it's also probably like the twister in the Wizard of Oz story. I'd like to actually see him do Wizard of Oz. Shit. Now, if we really like went through all the pieces, they're probably all there. Like yeah. them entering into the place, dealing with all of the main people. Like what's the conflict? Finding out about like this person or that person. Her boyfriend's the cowardly lion. I was just thinking about all the character relations between the two. Like um, someone who doesn't have a brain. 
probably the fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who doesn't have a heart? I would probably say the boyfriend. Yeah, maybe? Christian yeah. probably. Yep. A- or maybe he'd even the, be the lion because he doesn't have the nerve. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Who lacks the heart? Or Josh. He was just there for research. He True. Didn't, he, he didn't, didn't even really care have, after. Yeah. Like, yeah. He wasn't nope. emotionally attached to anything. So no. He's I, I, honestly, he's heart. like so the no only heart. one that doesn't really freak out too much when the su- when the suicides happen. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy says what's going to happen the next day, and he like is excited to yeah. go to the event. Oh. He's very, oh. Yeah. Well, he's very clinical and analytical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Which isn't. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just interesting though, because he's. Yeah. It's a very. He has a very. Di- so like people in this movie die for very different reasons that are not conventional to horror movies. For the except for the fool. The fool's the only one that we we got killed for sure. The fool also reminds me of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. One of the guys is considered the fool. Mm-hmm. Except the fool <laughs> in Cabin in the Woods is awesome. And he lives. <laughs> and he lives. And he lives. Yeah, there's uh, or we think no, we think that he's no. No, no none nobody of them live. nobody lives the, through that the one. The demon no. gets unleashed and then brings yeah. out its hand and crushes the, the whole cabin. Yeah, the like yeah. The ancient gods that they were trying yeah. to keep down there. Uh do we have any other things to say about this movie? Or have we kind of exhausted ourselves? I think we exhausted ourselves. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm sure we can we have more to say about this and stuff. We just it's been one of those days i guess or one of those days however it was super cool to uh go to see this all together and go see a new movie all together and then get a episode out about a week after yeah yeah i can't wait to see like more movies in the future that we can talk about like Mm -hmm. like some of the trailers that we were watching for like crawl or scary stories to tell in the dark those movies i think this year has been like the strongest out of horror yeah, some very, very cool horror. Um, what are we doing next week, John? We're doing Get Out and Us, aren't we? I think Jaws yes. or Prana. Or no, we're going to do Get Out yeah, and Us uh, next week. Yep. Is what we're going to do for that. I and was going to be this week, and then we yeah, did Summer. We did, yeah, we did the theater release. And then we're going to do the theater release of It Part 2. And then we may do one for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, hell, no, we will yeah. do one for Scary Just Stories. because we've got a really good episode of that one, and we definitely want to see what the movie translates to. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, what was the other movie that was coming out? There was another horror film coming out. I can't think of it at the moment. But either way, I want to remind everybody that we're super easy to find. We're on all of the streaming services. So we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, as well as iHeartRadio and SoundCloud, which is the main place that we're at. We've also got our Instagram and our Facebook. Feel free to interact with us. We love getting more commentary, things you agree with or disagree with. Yes. Argue with us on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Debate me. Right. <laughs> and we'll go on and answer and see, bring some more conversation to the podcast. Um, but thank you guys so much for coming to discuss this, watching the movie with me today. It was awesome. Anytime. Good night. Good night. It's right night.